0: Today's Bible verse is Matthew 6, verses 19 through 24. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy If you are new with us here at Revive, um, we're a new church, and um, we are in preparations to present ourselves to the community as a church plant, and um, we are going to go through certain series specifically to prepare ourselves as a church to be the kind of people and um, community that we think God is calling us to be here in this place called Silicon Valley, <clears throat> um, We just finished a series called Beacon of Life. It was actually, much of it was through Matthew chapter 6, and uh, we're going to shift now to a series we're going to call Eternal Rewards. I want to give a little quick introduction to this series. What it's about is stewardship and generosity. That's really what the series is about, stewardship and generosity. Now, um, what is stewardship? It's not a word that uh, we moderns tend to use very often but um, it's a familiar concept. Um, so just to give you a quick picture of like how the Bible, if you, let's say, have an X amount of money, and then you hire somebody to be what the, your investment advisor. So I don't know if you know, this is a, re- a real thing. Now, some of you guys are young, you don't know that this is how it works, but this is how it works, okay? You can hire somebody because they know more than you, and um, they have authority. You can grant them authority to handle your investments and your money. It's called fiduciary responsibility, right? And what that person is, it's they are handling your money. It's your wealth. It's your possession. But they have responsibility to say, I'm going to sell Apple and buy Google. I mean, they can do that, right? Right? Or I think the stock market's going to be bad. Let's sell all the stocks and let's put in bonds. Whatever it is that you're giving them authority to handle what actually belongs to you. That is stewardship. That's stewardship. It's a tremendously important concept in the Bible. And um, it is very, very important for this day and age and for our time. And if we will not be a church filled with people who understand our 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 wealth, and our time, and our gifts and talents, through the lens of stewardship, we're really going to be a bad church. Quite frankly, we're just going to be bad people. (laughs) Um, Because let me just just say this is a big point, and we're going to unpack this some more. Um, All the stuff that you think you own, you don't own. (laughs) It's really weird. I know. It's it's my car. (laughs) It's my house. It's my time. You're a steward. Now, if you believe in Jesus Christ, you were bought. You were bought with a price. He paid for you, and so now you belong to him. That means your possessions belong to him. How you handle it, you're like the fiduciary, you have like a fiduciary responsibility to somebody else who owns the stuff. Do you get what I'm saying here? And this is really important. One day, the master who actually owns the stuff is going to say, what did you do with it? (laughs) Let me see. Because if you are the actual owner, on any day, you can call your investment advisor and say, hey, I want an appointment, okay? And they're like, oh, okay. And then show me what you did. And you can look at this and say, dude, you're terrible. (laughs) Are you stealing from me? How come there's no money here? (laughs) What is this? And you're like, you're just a really, really horrible investor, aren't you? You're fired. (laughs) And why is that possible? Because you're the owner. (laughs) You're the one who actually possesses. This is actually one of the most important things in life. You have all kinds of stuff that you're responsible for, but you don't actually own it. (laughs) You don't actually, actually own it. You are a steward. So the series is first learning stewardship. And we're actually going to talk quite a bit about money. That's, I know that is not an easy subject. And I know that especially in this valley, let's just put it this way, in this valley, I know you all think about money all the time, okay? okay maybe not all the time, a lot. It's hard not to. It's very hard not to. It is a very intensely worldly place. It is an extremely expensive place. I mean, I think about money... When I eat an In-N-Out burger. (laughs) I go to In-N-Out burger and go, it costs X amount of money. All right. I just came back from a trip for Dallas. Okay? So I and like, you know, like Frank, some of you guys know Frank, and then some we met some friends, and we ate late at Waffle House. And this is what I was thinking about. I ordered this breakfast. You know how much it costs? (laughs) $3.80. You got the bacon (laughs) and the toast. You get like, it was a full-on great breakfast for $3.80. I'm sitting there going like, oh, my goodness. My venti coffee doesn't even cost this. (laughs) In San Jose, in Silicon Valley. And I sat there thinking, oh, my gosh. This stupid place that I live I just think, I can't help but think about money all the time. And I'm a professional Christian, <laughs> and I think about money all the time, all right? Now, some of you may be holier than me because you can be holier than the, the pastor, for sure. Hopefully you are, and I want you to be. But we're going to talk about money. Now, let me say one more point before we get into the passage. Stewardship, and you're not going to like this next part, but let's be real clear. Let's just be, let's just be blunt and straightforward about it. You know how you are a good steward with your possessions, especially your, 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 your earthly riches, your money? Generosity. <laughs> That's how. That's God's way. It's the heavenly way. It's the eternal way. What is the Silicon Valley way? Stingy. <laughs> Selfish. Counting. Like me. $3.80. Oh, okay, yes. Yes. I, got, I, I suddenly got very generous at 2 o'clock in the morning. I can pay for this, everybody. It only costs $3.80. <laughs> but in Silicon Valley, generosity, when the lunch I'm paying for costs $16. And I'm with somebody, and their lunch costs $16. And then tip on top of that is 15%. And then tax is bigger here, too. I'm going, oh, man, this is an expensive lunch. here is not even an expensive lunch. But when you add it up, it's not $3.80, but generosity. You actually have to think, am I going to live in the heavenly way? I think about it all the time. Let's get into the passage. Part one. What kind of treasure do you seek? It's really important, Matt. It's a really important question. Everybody seeks treasure. I didn't ask you, what kind, do you seek treasure? You do. <laughs> you just do. The real question is what kind. That's part one. Part two, the dark lamp of secular seeing. That's what I'm going to call it. There's, a, there's a, a portion in here where Jesus talks about how do you see. He talks about your eyes. Right. What kind of eyes do you have? I'm betting you, you have secular eyes. I've got secular eyes. Secular eyes are bad eyes, (laughs) okay? That's not good. Part three, imperishable riches. Hmm. Do you want riches that you can lose? Do you want riches that die and become worthless? Come on, it's not a hard question. Of course you do. You want riches that are imperishable. There is such a thing. There is such a thing. We're going to talk about it. Let's go to part one. What kind of treasure do you seek? Let's see what Jesus said. Okay, so he says something very strange. It's a famous passage, but let's let's chew on it for a bit here, right? Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Okay, let me, let, let's say this in the 21st century way. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where the stock market is going to tank and where evil people who are connected to the government will steal, not moths, because that happens, by the way, and then and some of you, and then some of you well, people will break into your house and steal because that is that happens here it's actually pretty commonly. Okay? Twenty-first century. Do not lay up um, lay up for yourselves these kinds of treasures. Then let's go to verse 20. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither rot, moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. can't be stolen. There are no evil, powerful people that can screw you over (laughs) through their connections. The stock market's not going to tank tomorrow for who knows what reason. Um, I I don't know. Some of you guys are kind of young, but in 2008, okay, that's 10 years ago. Some of you are old enough to remember 2008. This happened. (laughs) This happened. In 2008, crazy m- amounts of money disappeared i mean the whole darn economic system almost melted i mean it was crazy i mean is the news every single day and um your money if that's where it was i mean it just it's just gone it was gone it just disappeared like overnight one day you had x amount of money the next day you had less like by 30% the next day you had less by 50% the next day you had less by something like, this happened. This happens. Oh, that won't happen again, that's a rare occurrence. Let me tell you something, it's not a rare occurrence. (laughs) I've studied stock market history, it's not a rare occurrence. It's not a rare occurrence. It's not a question of if it's going to happen to you, it will happen to you. It's going to happen to you. You're gonna buy a house here in this valley and then like bad things will happen. So let's just get really real here. So Jesus, oh, he's just some religious guy. He just talks about religious stuff. Is he talking about a religious thing here? He is not. He's talking about something that we call real. It's real. Money's real, isn't it? He's talking about this. But now he talks about this thing that many of us in our secular age, we don't think is real. Lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven. What is that? You can't lose it. That's crazy. Um, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I want, I want to quote, that I, I gave you a, a, a hard message. It was a tough message. Two weeks ago, I gave you a message called Hated for Jesus. And I talked about how there are powerful forces in our culture. They do not like Christianity. They do not like Christians. And they hate us and they, they, they want to get us. And if you will, come out of the closet. Very ironic that that phrase is the way we want to talk about it today. <laughs> All, right? All right? If you want to come out of the closet as a Christian, there's actually like a TV show on Silicon Valley, and that's exactly like the, the guy came out. They were, he was like named as a Christian. He goes, you outed me. <laughs> you outed me as a Christian. I mean, that's, that's hilarious, but it's real, very real. But here's the way Jesus put it, right? Here's the way Jesus put it. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Verse 12, chapter 5, verse 12. Rejoice and be glad, and here it is. For your reward is great in heaven. There it is. For your reward is great in heaven. Jesus is very interested in rewards, isn't he? He's very interested in what you get in heaven. Now, I want to ask you this question. Are you interested in what you get in heaven? You should be. Are you interested in what you get in heaven? Um, most of us, if we're really honest, are not. And that's not a good thing. We're very interested in what we're going to get on earth. We do exactly what Jesus said not to do. Do not lay up for your treasures on earth. That's exactly what we're interested in. You know, every every time I pay my bills, I'm looking at my bank account, you know? Um, Some of you, I I don't have a 401k, but you guys are probably looking at that number. You know, the the recent years have been good to those numbers. But that's what Jesus said, don't do. Let me tell you an interesting little story. I got this, I'm not clever enough to give this. I I got this from this book that I'm reading in preparation for the series. I'm a few chapters in, it's called The Law of Rewards, Giving What You Can't Keep to Gain What You Can't Lose. That's the subtitle of the book. Giving What You Can't Keep to Gain What You Can't Lose, The Law of Rewards by Randy Alcorn. Um, he's, a, he's a well-known Christian pastor and a best-selling author. Look at the book. It's skinny. It's small. <laughs> okay? You can sit on your toilet and get through a chapter okay I mean I mean. so if you're lazy about it it's okay you can be lazy and still be blessed by this little book this book will punch you in the head I'm only a few chapters and I've already been punched 10 times <laughs> let me um, give you this illustration this comes from John Wesley John Wesley is a famous preacher I think he's 19th century or was the 18th century I don't remember he's a little while back theologian, pastor, mission leader, incredible Christian, John Wesley. So this is his illustration. Listen to, what he's, listen to what he says. Imagine you're alive at the end of the Civil War. You guys know the Civil War, bad war that happened in America, North versus South over slavery. Imagine you're alive at the end of the Civil War. You're living in the South. You guys know the history, right? Who lost the South, right? You're living in the South, But you are a northerner. You're on the winning side. You plan to move home as soon as the war is over. While in the south, you've accumulated lots of confederate currency. You got some pretty good amount of money. It's southern money. Hmm. Now suppose you know for a fact that the north is going to win the war and the end is imminent what will you do with your confederate money what are you going to do with that money Hmm? if you're smart there's only one answer you should immediately cash in your confederate money for us currency you should get the money that's actually going to matter in the future not that the money like down here we're going to lose Then here, at this exact moment, I've got a lot of the money that matters right here where I live. But you should have the money that's going to count in the future, right? Isn't that smart? We're not talking about being some kind of holy roller here in this message. We're talking about being smart. (laughs) Jesus is not telling you, I'll just give because it's good to give. And when it's good to give, then you'll be a good religious person. He's telling you to be smart with your investments. He's telling you to do smart things with your money. That's what he's telling you. That's what this passage is about. Keep only enough confederate currency to meet your short-term needs, but you should be trading in your confederate money for the money that's going to matter. That's what we're talking about. (laughs) Um, I want to say something about this. before I go to part two, um, do you believe uh, that money is, doesn't have to do with God? Money is highly, very, highly spiritual. It's a very, very spiritual matter. I'm not talking about like, you know, like, like the actual piece of paper, this thing. I'm not talking about this, all right? You know, like, is that a spiritual thing? I don't think God gives a rip about this, okay? I don't think he cares about euros or yens or dollars, and of course, he doesn't care about this. You know, he doesn't care about this. You know, some of you guys might have this. If you guys are a little, you know, richer than me, then you have the, you know, like the, the black version of this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you have the black version of this. I just have the blue version. It's not that good. As it's, it's good as yours, okay? That's not spiritual. What is spiritual? So this is important. What is spiritual is treasure. That's what's spiritual. What do you love and value? That's spiritual. In this world, it is impossible not to love and value the black card, okay? I mean, money is a little more sophisticated today. I mean, like, if you have, like, that little paper, piece of paper, it's like, whatever. You don't have much. You can have a lot of it back here. and still don't have much. But the guy who pulls out that little black card is like, I mean, people start kissing his rear end, in the restaurant. you pull out the black card and like, you know, stuff happens, right? Um, But what we love and value, that's a spiritual matter. Who you are in your heart, what you love, what you treasure, what you value, that's at the core of who you are. If you try to imagine who you are, either you got your arms and you got your head and but then you go inside of your, your being, inside your soul, inside of your... There is a temple. And in this temple is the most valuable thing. What is most glorious, what is most incredible, what is most beautiful to you, that is what you treasure. And if you treasure, some of you don't, may not treasure money, like you treasure your looks. You treasure your looks. You know, some of you ladies, you have really glorious hair. It's good, Okay? So you treasure that. But then your money goes to your hair. (laughs) Right? Of course it does. Of course it does. You may not care that you have a Tesla, so the money doesn't go there. But in your heart, you have a picture of how you will look and how wonderful it is when people tell you how beautiful you are when your hair comes out a certain way. So your money goes there. (laughs) And where your money goes... That is an act of worship. Hmm. That's spiritual. It's very, very spiritual. So, where your money goes is where you worship. There are many, many hypocrites who come to church and say, I worship Jesus. But that's not where their money goes. Hmm. On Monday, their money goes all kinds of other places. Because where you, what you really treasure, what you really, what you really gather, that's spiritual. Now this is now one more point and then we'll go to part two. Okay this part's really interesting. This part's really actually amazing. Where your money goes, if it goes to Jesus, if it goes to heaven, Jesus knows. And then there's a reward and a treasure which builds up there. That's crazy. <laughs> That's actually what this is being taught here. What you are you a steward of? First, what you treasure. It's not only money, but maybe your gifting and your talents. Certainly, of course, many of you treasure your time. I do. So your money. Your time, your gifts, and your talents. Do you give it to the Lord in his kingdom? And then it goes to heaven. And then he knows. And then it's like you have a bank account up there. It's really interesting. There is a record. And when you give it to him, there's a reward. Oh, you believe that? I want to say something about this. And then let's go to part two. Salvation is by grace. You cannot earn salvation into heaven. You have earned damnation. (laughs) I've earned much damnation. But Jesus paid off what I earned to give me what I cannot earn. That's salvation. That's real salvation. That's the gospel. So all of us are saved by grace. But this is important here. Listen, what you get in heaven is not equal. (laughs) Don't you think it's going to be equal? It's not equal. You can barely make it in and have barely any riches in heaven. And some of you will, but hopefully you won't. But there is a pathway to have much riches in heaven. You're saved by grace, but your rewards are not by grace. Oh, this is interesting. You're hearing me? You are saved by grace, but your rewards in heaven are not by grace. Those who really believe and obey and follow after the bigger grace of God will gain greater rewards. And one really important facet of it is stewardship. And it is about your money. Yes, because it's about your treasure. Why should those people who treasured the things of earth have bigger reward in heaven when the, over the people who treasured the greatest things? The people who treasure the greatest things today will have the greatest things forever. That's an incredible thing. So what I'm telling you today is not like some little pie-in-the-sky deal. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm calling you, be, be wise, be smart. Huge stakes. And it's really good for you. It's good for you. It's great for you. Let's go to part two. All right. So, part two. I'm calling it the dark lamp of secular seeing. This is a very strange thing. Let's talk a little bit about this. So, verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. So, you guys understand what a lamp is, right? You walk into a room and there's, there's no lamp. You're going to bump into things. So there needs to be a lamp. Light has to shine. So what is the lamp of your body, of your life? It's right here. It's actually not you know, the physical eye. It's the way you see in your mind with your soul. Okay? The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. It's really weird. It's a very weird analogy. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? So this is what he's saying. How do you look at things? How you look at things will determine what you consider to be treasure, what you consider to be real riches. And so the way you look at it with your eyes, if the way you look at it with your eyes, if your eyes are really bad, then the light that is going on you is actually not even light. The light that is going into the temple of your inner being inside your body is actually dark. That's what he's saying. And boy, is that no more relevant than in Silicon Valley in the 21st century. Oh man, that's so relevant. Why? Because today we think the things that are valuable is all that is earthly. We get really excited about the things that we consider treasure and valuable. That which is earthly. We love it when our treasures are being accumulated that are earthly. And then we get really, really excited. So our eyes go there. I mean, I'm not talking about your physical eye, but your eyes go there. The fact is everybody looks at and gazes upon the thing that they love. That's the thing that's so messed up about us. So let me give you a little bit of an alternate definition of sin. Many of you think sin is doing bad things. You look at porn, that's sin. You know, you lie and steal and cheat, of course that that is those are sin, okay? But sin is actually deeper than that. Before you do a bad thing, you know, you can even do a good thing and still do sin. <laughs> it's really crazy. You can do a seemingly neutral thing and there's sin because there's a thing inside. The thing that's inside that's really sin is the thing that you love and desire and you treasure is really seriously screwed up. Your desires are screwed up. My desires are screwed up. The things we love, we love lesser things over higher things. We love like worthless things over really valuable things. We love things that are going to die and are impermanent over the things that are really truly eternal and permanent. And we do. So these lesser things, worthless things, we, that's where our eyes go. <laughs> For those of you who went at the retreat, our speaker was Pastor JP Samuel. He talked about glory. And he taught us that glory in the in, in Hebrew means kabod. It means weighty. Something inside your heart has the bigger weight. Whatever is the thing that's out of the bigger weight, that's where your eye goes. It's got, I think of it as, like, gravity. You know, the thing that's heavier and bigger, it, it, like, sucks in power. It's gravity, right? So something inside of you, you treasure and is glorious to you, and then it sucks in your eyes. Your eyes go to it. You can't help it. You know, man walking down the street sees a beautiful woman, his head turns. Because her glory, her weight, it's like like gravity pulled his eyes over there. That's what happens. Except Jesus here is talking about a different weight. He's talking about the weight of earthly treasure. And if your eyes are only going to those things, you know what he's saying? Then there's a light that's going inside of you and that light is dark. Let's put it this way. The only kind of treasure you love is earthly treasure. You're so dark inside yourself. You're so corrupt. You don't even know you're corrupt. And I would say, that's pretty much most people in Silicon Valley. That's what I mean by the dark lamp of secular seeing. You know what secular means? It comes from, it comes from, um, let me get this right. Is it Greek? Latin word, which means the world. Secula means the world. If you look at the world, and you think the world is the whole world. That's all there is. You're secular. If there's no place in your sight and in your heart for heavenly things, including heavenly rewards and heavenly treasures, then you're very, very secular. Incredibly secular. And the only light that's going into your secular eyes into your is corrupt treasures that are all going to just be gone. You're the fool that's like, Confederate money is awesome. <laughs> You're like, Confederate money. I have so much Confederate money. You're a loser, has no Confederate money. That's Silicon Valley. That's us. We love the Confederate money. And Jesus is going, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Don't be dumb. There's a lot better money. It's not even money but it is treasure, great treasure. Are you hearing me? Now, I know this is not easy. This is hard. Some of you are going like, oh my gosh, I'm so corrupt. I'm so, like, it's all black inside. I'm like, I'm I'm totally corrupt. (laughs) There is salvation for you. There is a way out. There is a way out. Hmm? You could today pray a prayer of repentance and the Lord will hear you. Jesus paid a great price so he can give you power inside your repentance. And then he can give your eyes a pathway into the heavenly riches. And then, then you can start to accumulate great heavenly wealth. He wants to give you that pathway. You can start that pathway today it's by grace. Let's go to part three. Imperishable riches. So, how do you get this wealth? (laughs) You guys already know what I'm going to say. You know, um, I'm going to tell you giving and you're like, oh gosh. (laughs) Giving. I like getting. (laughs) Giving? Giving is hard. Because I like getting. So I want to give you um, some good news. In heaven, you know how you get by give. This is really interesting. When you give, you get. Just not today. <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm impatient. I got to get it today. I mean, okay, do you guys ever remember this thing? You know, like uh, um, you guys ever seen that little video on TED Talk where the kid has to get like a uh, don't? If, if I'll give you one marshmallow now, but if you don't eat it. We'll give you two marshmallows. you got to wait 10 minutes. You have to be like that kid. Okay? The Lord is like putting a marshmallow in front of you and says, give it. If you give it, I'll give you a million more tomorrow. And you can't ever lose it. Can you believe that? Can you believe that? Now, some of you are going like, it just seems too good to be true. It seems kind of cheap. It's not. It's not. This is the heavenly way. It is God's way, and it's about something far more important than money. You think God cares about money? <laughs> that is not the currency God is interested in. I mean, God can like, just make money happen. Just boom, just wealth. Like, it's like nothing. I mean, supposed, we're we you know you're, in the in the Old Testament we're supposed to the money was kind of furry. You're supposed to sacrifice cattle. And then God goes, I own the cattle on a thousand hills. That's God's way of saying, I'm a billionaire, a trillionaire. So who the heck cares about your cattle? I don't care about your cattle. That's really what he was saying. But he does care about, will you use the money for love? Oh, that's what he cares about. That's what he cares about. Love costs let me tell you something. If somebody tells you they love you and they never spend any money on you, that's BS. You know that, don't you? You know that, don't you? My kids can't deny that, they, that we my, mom, my wife and I love them. You know why? Because all our money goes to them. <laughs> Almost all our money goes to them. Um, because that's how it is. You know, my parents weren't always... My dad... I have a hard relationship with my dad in certain ways. Let me tell you, I have zero doubt that he loves me. Zero. Because he sacrificed and he gave all his treasures to bless me. You know what that was? It was love. You know how love happens? By giving. (laughs) That's how love happens, by giving. So love through giving is the real currency of heaven. So when you give through love and faith, then you're accumulating great treasure in heaven. Okay, you still don't believe me. Now, it gets, it gets better. Oh my gosh, it's it gets, it gets crazy. It gets better. You can't lose it. How does that work? Because it's not actually about money, is it? The currency you're giving is You're giving money, but the real currency you're giving is love. In heaven, love is never lost. You give love in the kingdom of God here, and it's never lost there. It's never lost. Even the smallest ones. That's the truth. So, in the fallen world, this is how it works. Somebody does something good for you, you forget all about it. Sometimes it's merciful. Somebody does something bad to you and we forget about it. But in this world, all the good things just go away, including life and love and money and treasure. All your money is like Confederate money. If you don't believe in Jesus today, I don't want to say this to you, but it's kind of a mean thing to say, but it's really real. Even your love is like Confederate money. It's going to go away. Hmm. But in Jesus, every dollar, every giving, every little piece of love, even tiny ones, it's yours. Hmm. That's not so good to be true. Okay, now let's, let's close. You know, why is your wealth in heaven imperishable? Because your wealth is love. Why is it imperishable? Let's get to the gospel. This is why. Jesus you mean, know, we sang it that He paid our debt, paid our debt. Is't that, that interesting language? It's money language. <laughs> it's currency language. The gospel has got currency language. So we came to Jesus. Here's what we had: debt, massive debt. We came to Jesus. We had condemnation, massive condemnation. We came to Jesus, utter poverty, lack. We had this hole. It's like, I need love. And it's like, it just goes in and it just goes away. It's like, that's what we came to Jesus with. And then Jesus came and said, I will pay for it. (laughs) What did it cost him? His life. It cost him suffering. And then, so he gave better than money to pay for and purchase us. That's, that's what we, we sang that. <laughs> How long does he get what he purchased? Hmm? How long does he get it? How long does he get you or does he get me? How long does he get it? Forever. <laughs> he paid with better than money He gets forever, forever. Does he get some of you? Does he get a little piece of you? He gets all of you. He gets everything. He gets it forever. I actually think it's going to be like this. Everything good that he's given us, we're going to show up and we've forgotten it today. All our wretched sinfulness that we did to him and to each other, it'll be like that movie will be gone. Jesus, all those horrible things that I did and how disgusting I was inside my heart. He's like, What are you talking about? I paid for it, it's gone. And then he will say, Look at all the things you did and all the things I gave you. I gave you, I paid. I gave, I paid, I loved you, I loved you, I loved you, I kept loving you, I kept paying, I kept loving you. And you know what? I'm never going to lose it. If you're in Christ, do you know what reward you get? Do you know what inheritance you get? You get His. You get the same thing. (laughs) If you are in Christ, you get the same reward as His reward. So if, like Jesus, you pay a cross and you pay out, especially if you pay out bigger than money, if you pay out like forgiveness, somebody really sticks a knife into you and you bleed and you forgive them, you are earning a great reward. (laughs) And if you pay out money, if you pay out time, You spend time with that person it just like goes on and on because they're like so kind of boring. (laughs) Or they're so hurting and they keep talking about that hurting. And you pay out that time. It's like a $4 cup of coffee and you listen to this again for the umpteenth number of time and you're like, oh. That piece of coffee will be a reward of love and it'll come back to you you'll never lose it. Everything in Christ that is redeemed, you never lose. Everything in us, even if it's good, it's Confederate money. It's gone. (laughs) But if you will live in Christ, all the rewards get bigger and bigger and greater and greater. (laughs) And the rewards here just become nothing. Can you think like that? Brothers and sisters, our church needs to be this kind of church. Our friends, our neighbors, they need to see this in us. Let me ask you, do you want to live like this? I hope you want to live like this. You need it for you. You need it for you. You need it for you today, tomorrow, and then certainly for eternity. I want you to have a huge bank account. (laughs) It's better than a bank account. I want you to have a huge love account. And you will have a reward overflowing forever and ever. Please go after it. Let's pray. I just preached it, Jesus, but I'm so corrupt, I don't know if I'll believe it. All week long, I'm thinking do I believe this? Do I believe this? Father, have mercy on us. We believe this, but we don't believe this. We really don't believe this. And our heads and our eyes are so corrupt, we go to earthly treasure all the time, all the time. But would you put this word in our heart, and this word cannot be defeated. I pray that this, today's a very important word about treasure would go into our heart and we would receive it. And we want to forget it. We want to deny it. We want to run away and just go, oh, just comfortable earthly treasure. Good enough. And you will never let us forget. And instead, your grace will make this word grow in our hearts. And the corrupt desires of our hearts, we will throw away. And we will become people who long and love heavenly reward and treasure. And thus, not because we have to be good, not because we're better than other people, none of that nonsense, but because we're smart, (laughs) because we know that we're never going to hang on to Confederate money. We will become radically generous. We'll become great stewards. We'll become sons and daughters like your son and become unbelievably rich forever and ever. Make us this kind of people. Make, revive this kind of a church. So that even if we're bad at marketing, (laughs) our logo doesn't capture anybody, people will meet us and go, you guys are so crazy, but beautifully crazy. I've never seen people so generous, so joyful, so loving as you. Who is your God? I want to know him. I pray that that happens, Lord. I pray that happens in our hearts. We want that badly in our hearts and we want to become that kind of people. Make us this way. We, there's no way we can make ourselves this way. By grace, make us this way. In Jesus' name. Amen. just want to say as we uh, enter into this last time of a uh, closing time of praise. So, so a time for offering, and take this time, you know, it's a, if you're a visitor, we just want you to, as we talked about, receive the love of Jesus, so please don't feel obligated to give. If you are a member, just take to heart what we heard today, and as you give your offering, don't give it, you know, kind of perfunctory, just like put in, but remember, this is, as we heard today, this is your love. And make it an act of love as you uh, give this offering, an act of worship, as it should be every week. Let's worship. Let's also uh, stand as we sing this last song. It's going to be new to some of you. It's uh, it's somewhat of an older song. Just a cry, a cry out to God saying, give me one pure and holy passion, a magnificent obsession to know and follow hard after you.